G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, it's bloody good to have footy back. Oh, I tell you what, I watched more footy this weekend <laughs> than I think I have in the last two years. Oh, it's, it's, it was great. It's absolutely incredible. It was so good to be able to just sit back, watch some, some stuff, have some new content for the podcast as well. I mean, yes. we've been sitting here for two, three months with nothing new to talk about. I mean, you can say, you know, whatever you like about maybe some players are going to come, come good mm. in round two, maybe this happened in round one, so it might happen again in round two. But realistically... It's a whole new season. They're not even training. So yeah. you, we have no idea what's going on. So it's great to have some footy back. Mm. And we're going to dive straight mm. back into the round review. So we're going to be going through game by game, looking at it from a fantasy point of view. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. first up this week was Collingwood versus the Tigers. It was a draw. I mean, what an introduction back to the yeah, season. Yeah, I know. I, I, to be honest, I was expecting something a bit more <laughs> flashy, but at least it was a tight game yeah, towards I, the end there. I um, mean, especially with Collingwood playing, usually there's a there's a particularly skillful style of game, but mm. no, Richmond really, really made it, turned it into a slog, and, uh, you know, at least they walked away with a couple of points. Absolutely, and um, even with reduced time, there were some um, some scores there that wouldn't look out of place with normal length quarters, so yeah, exactly. that was nice. So uh, so we'll dive into the Collingwood side first, and uh, a couple of interesting ones popped up there with Tommy Phillips as the highest scorer for the game with 101. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always had that sort of ability, but again, I think he needed two or three goals in order to get this, so this is a yeah. flash in the pan. Yeah, oh, I don't know about flash in the pan, but I, he'll be... He'll be a second-tier guy. He's a solid scorer for draft yeah, league. not owners. spectacular, though. Exactly. But he's still someone that you should look to stream off the bench in draft leagues as well. You really think he's on any... any... Mate, I own him in a keeper league, and he does have the propensity to go, you know, an 80-point game every now and then for a midfielder. Um, and, and that's in the old scoring, so closer to a 65-point game in the new. Yeah, but I mean... If... I guess it depends how strong your midfield is. Exactly, yeah. 100%. So um, the one I want to talk about quickly is Taylor Adams. So He Taylor, started the game amazingly. He started the season on fire. He's looked really good, Taylor Adams. Um, he has, but he had half his touches in the first quarter. He did. And really, really slowed down after that. Yeah. So he was good when... Collingwood had the game on their terms, and then as soon as they struggled to get hold of it back, mm-hmm. he just went missing for the rest of the game. So, as their team gels a little bit and gets back into the swing of things, yeah, he'll be good. But um, yeah, I'd like I, I'm not jumping for joy at that score at this point. Well, I'm a little bit worried as well because we all know what happens with Taylor Adams as soon as Adam Trelaw comes back. Mm. He's the one that gets moved out of that midfield rotation. He gets a little bit more half-forward time, a little bit more pushed out of those CBAs, which we all know are integral to getting a fantasy score. And Adam Trelaw was last week listed as one to two weeks away with a calf. Mm. So there's every chance that he might be back this week playing, which means that yeah. Taylor Adams' scores will go sliding down. And we know that. It's a it's a historical fact. We've seen it over the years as... Whenever Trelaw is missing a game with a calf or a hamstring, Taylor Adams' scores just go into the stratosphere, and as soon as Trelaw is back, <clears throat> that midfield split time goes right down. So, so really, this is a, a, a salary cap. One, one, one that just don't jump on him immediately off the back of this game. Exactly. Be very, very careful. Um, good to see some of the other guys from Collingwood <clears throat> starting to lift their game a bit as well. Jack Crisp had a better game with an 82. 
Uh, Brody Grundy with another score in the 80s as well. So that's mm-hmm. equivalent to about 100 with the new uh, shortened quarters. So they're still on track to have very, very good years. Yep. Um, was there anyone you wanted to really hone in on for Collingwood? <laughs> um, the, let me just the, quickly skim through. The one that really jumps out at me over the past two weeks uh, from a keeper point of view has been Josh Dacos. Now, I'm pretty sure I pumped him up in the preseason and you shot you me did. down. You did. I, pu- I shot I shot you down. And again, this is going to come back to the Taylor Adams, Adam Trelaw midfield time split. How much time is Dacos going to get through the middle when Trelaw comes back in? He wasn't playing through the middle, though. He was playing He was playing everywhere, back. man. He was half back, half forward. He played off of the wing a little bit. See, when- I, I don't think he was playing pure midfield. So I don't think it actually is going to impact him hugely. And I think it's actually probably, for a keeper perspective, a good thing because he's a centre-only and ultimate mm. footy. If he plays more time off, off one of the flanks, then he'll get a DPP for next year yeah. or, or switch to a more useful position. So, Absolutely. He's gone 70 and 80 in the past two weeks. Those yeah. are really, really good And he's looked really good. There's yeah. been some really good moments there as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he was one guy I did want to talk about and really liked what he's what he delivered this week. Um only owned by half the competition as well in Ultimate Footy. 49% of the comps, so really, really good one to look at. Um, yes. Over on the Richmond well, side Well, in fact, league. it's actually gone up since whenever it is that you looked at those numbers, because I've got them down as 52% Ooh, owned. That brings into question <laughs> one of my risk-it-for-the-biscuit picks a little bit later in the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll see we'll how you do that. that later. We'll get to that. Um, um, and Darcy Cameron, obviously, great um, yeah, first true, up game true. for Collingwood. Hopefully you jumped on board in salary cap. Um You'd think he probably did enough to hold a spot as well. So if you see, I would have thought so, but and honestly, I, I get the argument that a lot of people are saying, well, Mason Cox and Darcy Cameron can play in the same side no, as they're, Brody Grundy. They're doing the same role, but yeah, exactly. They can't. They they won't won't be able to play a forward line with Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. They're just too slow and top heavy. Then with yep. they need those like uh, that good split with Meyer check. Um, obviously, to Goey and that sort of thing up forward as well. So, yeah. um, if Cox does come back in this week, I think Cameron loses his side regardless of how well he played. Or, at the very best, I, he plays one more week. I agree, but I think he played well enough to hold Cox out for at least another week or two. Well, the Americans will be pretty pissed at that. I know there was a few jumping on board with no oh, sports yeah, being played over there. <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're, yeah, they're, they're not bringing him in just for that. Yeah. One guy I did want to talk about, uh, Tyler Brown. Oh, yeah. From a salary cap perspective. He hurt, me. he hurt me good. Yeah, so he's gone 46 and 22 in his two games. Look, he's a he's a, a you know a, a rookie. He's he's going to have some down games. He was at least getting a few centre bounce attendances. That was pretty good. So you're holding him? Yeah, I'm holding you... him because uh, realistically I'm playing him off the bench. I don't want to play him in my, on my field. Hmm. If you're being forced to play him on your field, then that's probably something you have to fix up. <laughs> so you got stuck with the 27? Yeah, 22. Unfortunate. Well, Tyler Brown had four centre bounce attendances. Uh, That wasn't too bad. That that is promising. That was the fifth highest for any Collingwood uh, player. So that was more than steel side bottom. That is promising. I guess my concern is with a score of twenty two, whether he's actually going to be making money for the foreseeable future. I think we've got a few of those sort of issues realistically. So it's probably a luxury trade. But if he's playing again next week, I'm sticking with him on my bench. Yeah, no, he, no, he burnt me this week. I'm really. <laughs> he, he's probably the guy I'm most frustrated with. At the you're moment. just trying to rage straight him out of your team. That's what you're doing. Um, all right, let's move on to Richmond. Um, as always with Richmond, there's never too much to talk about. They aren't a particularly fantasy friendly side. They were they were solid enough in this game though. So the old man Basher came back, hundred points on the 
on return. Um, but his calf's probably going to pop. In the next uh, he's of always weeks. he's always a risk from a soft tissue perspective. So, but when he plays, he's good. Oh, absolutely. When he plays, he's one of the best, if not the best, rebounding defender going around. But yeah, yeah he, he's just unfortunately too inconsistent with injuries. So I'm staying away from him in all salary cap forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Cochin again, staying the hell away from, despite the fact he's had a very solid 86 here. Yep. Um, interesting thing from Trent Cochin though is one, one thing to keep an eye on is time on ground for uh, for a lot of players in shortened games. And I know that Trent Cochin spent an awful lot of time on the ground, um, uh, as in not resting too much. So hmm. if you do notice some players getting quite a lot of um, time on the ground, mm-hmm. like another one we're going to be talking about a little bit later is Todd Goldstein. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of those players that are spending the entire game there, really good ones to look at. Absolutely. Um Anyone else you want to talk about in particular? No, not particularly. We all know what Dusty Martin's going to offer yeah. you, and he had another very solid uh, game look, there. I think if you don't already have him, you probably need to look at trying to get him in, if for no other reason than having the perfect loophole guy for mm-hmm. captaincy for the next Two. five months worth of Friday, <laughs> uh, Thursday night games. Exactly. Um, we've got uh, Marlon Pickett, who's in pretty much the same boat as Tyler Brown with a couple of his poorer scores as well. Also on my field. But yeah, well, he's on my field as well. I think pretty much every player across the competition will be likely to have him on the field. He had a score in the mid-40s first week, which is okay for mm. a rookie, and this score was a little bit lower. Look, I think he plays still, which means... He's holding a spot. If he's playing, you're keeping him in your side, and just hopefully you can look towards moving him onto your bench until yeah. he's made the cash. But realistically, this is probably what we should expect. He's never been a high-possession winner his entire career. Exactly. So. Uh, from a draft point of view, uh, interesting one's popped up over the past couple of weeks. Shy Bolton mm. has gone mid-80s and another 73, another very good score there. He's playing a decent amount of mid-time. Yeah, I, I do like Bolton. Massive gamble because mm. uh, we we all know what Richmond can do with their midfield players sometimes, um, and he could be playing full time in the forward pocket next week. But he's looked really good so far, and if he's available on your waiver list, take a cautious pickup and uh, and mm. see if you can stream him off of the bench as a loophole option with those early games over the next few weeks. Yep, I don't mind that at all. Mm. All right, shall we move on to the second game of the round? Let's do it. All right, we had Geelong and Hawthorne in, on Friday night, and Geelong just absolutely smashed them in the end. This was a non-contest, yeah. really. Um, so the highest scorer for the game, Grian Myers, with 104. I do like watching him play. He's a good player to watch. Um, and he had a brief, what is it, like a month last year where he was really fantasy relevant <laughs> and then completely fell away. He's a small forward, um, so he's only really fantasy relevant if he's getting those midfield minutes, which mm-hmm. I think in this game he did have a few bursts through the midfield. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he continues that role moving forward. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Joel Selwood, does that uh, does that tickle your fancy at all, mate? Because look, he, he had was a really good game. He was very good. I only watched the first really quarter of this one because we went out for dinner. But um, yeah, that first quarter he was really, really good, and it really impressed me. It was good to see him back in his preferred role too, as an inside midfielder. Which last year, obviously, he was playing not in his preferred role yes. and it really showed. And he spent a decent amount of time on ground with 81% and 19 centre bounce attendances which was the fourth highest, or the equal <clears throat> third highest I should say for the uh, for the Cats. So, interesting to note those numbers. If he is spending a lot of time on ground and he's attending those centre bounces, there's the chance he's going to score quite high. So, I'm if, if you don't want to take a, a real mm. gamble because he's always got those injury concerns at the moment now that he's older... 
I, I don't mind it in salary caps with the you know coronavirus shortened <laughs> season that we're looking at this year. Six hundred and three k. It's not the worst option, mate. I mean, we mm. were we were pumping up Jack Viney and uh, last <laughs> week and, and Selwood. <laughs> Look how well that went. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was all right. He he met his break low break even, but Selwood's putting up similar numbers at the moment with a similarly low break even, and he's cheaper than Viney was last week. Yeah, and he does have a history of every now and again, pretty much at least once a season, going on an absolute tear for a month. Mm-hmm. So could this be the could this be the tear that we're watching? Start here? the season off with the tear. Mm. Uh, Parfit jumped out with, and he was massive. Draft owner, keeper owners in particular, have been waiting for this sort of game for a while, uh, or waiting at least for him to string these sorts of games together. So we'll see what he can do next week after a, a massive one. Ten tackles for Parfit, so that'll be because um, he only had nineteen touches, which I guess for shortened games isn't isn't terrible. That's, That's still pretty decent. Mm. But um, th- those ten tackles is really where he built his score from. Mm. So I don't know how sustainable that is for him. We'll, so it, we'll I don't think it's really his go. He's more of a, like a sort of class player, but um, if he can, the fact he he's shown he can play that grunt role is really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam Minigola ended up on eighty four points. Um, ignore Two a lot goals. of these scores. It's realistically a lot of these scores for Geelong are just because they smashed the Hawks by so much. Um, you're not going to expect these sort of scores. And Sam Minigola, given the lineup that they've got at the moment. I honestly think he'll struggle to put up maybe 50 points in a yeah, lot of games Don't forget Jack Stephen will come back at some point as well. Absolutely. And probably, Menegold is probably the one most at risk from mm. him. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there, but just be very careful with a lot of these higher scores this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we might move on to the Hawks, because um, there's not too much else to focus on for Geelong. Um, not, nothing major to talk about here. There's a lot of those middling scores simply because they were beaten by so much. I know that Tommy Mitchell would have let down a lot of coaches who took him as the... Uh, Raising my hand again. Yeah, no, no it's going to happen well. a lot. I did that as well, 100%. He was... Yeah. Um, he was uh, his history against Geelong has been just incredible. Just, just his history in general. Uh, so he did let a lot of people down with just 70, but he should bounce back next yeah. week. And 70 from Mitchell, Warple and Wingard were all a bit disappointing, but... Still not terrible. Not I mean. terrible, and those are probably the three prime movers at the moment, so you'd expect them to bounce back really strongly next week against uh, whoever it is they're playing. <laughs> Well-researched. Um, so, and, and also, um, there's a chance Jaeger O'Meara might be back next week, which will help take the load off a little bit and maybe allow them to spread from the contest, which would be good to see. Um, yeah, I, I think in a, a sort of smashing like this, you can't take too much away from it, uh, mm. fantasy-wise, because Hawthorne are every chance to bounce back next week. And hopefully put a better score on the uh, on the cards. Uh, James Sicily is just one I want to quickly touch on. Uh, he's just really, really letting down a lot of fantasy coaches out there who might have seen him as maybe edging towards that top six defender status. Um, yeah, I think if you've got James Sicily in classic, you really have to try and move him on. Um, if you are interested, because James Sicily is another one like Joel Selwood who can go on a bit of a tear. Yeah. Um, if you are, don't own him in a draft league, it's not the worst idea to angle out a trade for a lower value than oh. than where he would have been drafted from the coach. Because if he you're will... paying nothing, yeah. then yeah. I'm not a massive Sicily fan. I think that's on record across multiple <laughs> podcasts. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'd only be doing it if you're not paying much at all. Yeah, all right. So we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Brisbane and Fremantle. 
this was a really tight contest for most of the game. Um, <coughs> Brisbane ended up getting the chockies in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a fantasy point of view, on Brisbane's side of things, I mean, I was going to say talking up ourselves, but we don't really have to because it was one of the most obvious calls Lockie of the Neal. season. Lockie Neal um, is going to continue to be a dominant fantasy force. Absolutely. He's got... Um who is it? It's uh, West Coast next week, mm-hmm. who don't tend to lock down players. And also don't seem to care at the moment <laughs> about football or life in general. Yes. And then is it the two South Australian teams after that? Yeah, they um, do. Adelaide in particular, who also seem to be um, a shadow of a team at the mm-hmm. moment. And Port don't lock down at the best of times either. They so, back in their run. So, uh, granted, he's, I think, one of the most expensive players, if not the most expensive guy available at the one moment. One of the more expensive, yeah. Um but geez, he's got to be really tempting. It. Yeah, I'd um, be interested to see what happens with uh, with Elliot Yo. Whether there's a hard sort of lockdown role there this week. But even saying that, I'm pretty sure they put Yo onto Raul at some point in the game on Saturday night, and just he, that kid get kept going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, spectacular game. For do it. Neil. it do everything amazing. you can to get Neil into your salary cap side. That's all I'm saying. He's going to win people games this year. Um, Starsevich, Brandon Starsevich. Oh, he looked good. He was really good, but he pissed me right off because what the hell, man? Where did you pump out a 79 from? I mean, I, I had you on my bench. So many coaches had him on I the bench. I actually had him on the field. You I did jerk. I did one thing right this week. No, you did one thing luckily, probably because you were forced to put him on there. You yeah. wouldn't have chosen that. I, I swapped him out for Robertson. <laughs> exactly. You, like, if you had the choice, he would not have been on your field. But he yeah. was really good, and hopefully this cements his spot on the side for the next month at least. Yeah, um, yeah. Considering that there were a lot of people that were very scared about his position going into mm. teams, um, this was great, and he looked really composed and used the ball well. So I agree. I think he's sold, sewn his spot up for a little while there. I loved it. Um, interesting to watch the uh, Steph Martin Oscar McInerney sort of dynamic there. Mm. Omac finally, uh, we've been waiting for this a little, a uh, little while, um, but he seemed to get a lot more centre bounce attendances than uh, yeah. than Steph. Steph was laboring. He was a little bit injured. I think it was a, a knee or a leg or something. And he was coming back from a PCL as well, which yeah. was, again, he was only just fit enough to play this week after about three months off with uh, with Corona. So Yeah, so th- that's definitely a watch this space. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be considering McInerney at all no. in salary cap. Oh, if absolutely he, not. But not if, a bad streamer off draft. Oh, yeah, in draft leagues, if he's available still and you're you know in a very deep two-ruck draft league, mm. he's not the worst person. And especially if you own Stefan Martin as a bit of a backup, it's a good yeah, idea. So. Agreed. Um, Tom Berry looked pretty good. Yeah, he didn't look too bad, did he? Uh, I, I trying don't to think find he... his score, it wasn't amazing. No, it was but he looked good. I, I don't think he holds his spot for more than a... Like, he might hold his spot if the team goes unchanged this week just because of the victory. But I'd say he'd probably be the first out. If... Who's, spot, who's taking his spot? Um, I think Archie coming back in, or was he playing this Archie week? Archie played. Oh, there'll, there'll be someone who squeezes their way back. It, it, there's always that 20-second <clears throat> sort of spot in a team which is sort of a merry-go-round with a few different players from the lower leagues. And I think Tom Berry's occupying that spot in this team. He'd be moment. unlucky to miss, I reckon. He, he looked pretty composed as well when he had it. He looked okay, but I, yeah, I, I just think that if anyone's going out of this side for someone coming up through the lower ranks, he's the first one out, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. Do you want to talk about McCluggage? Uh, yeah, we'll say a little bit about McCluggage. So 49, <clears throat> definitely a letdown for people who thought that he would really break out at the start of this year. But... We, yeah, again, you holding your hand up over that side of the desk. Um, McCluggage might be one of those ones who is really 
heavily affected by the shortened quarters because he's another another one of those wingmen type. He's a runner. Exactly, that tries to run people off of their mm. feet and use his silky skills once he has it and once he tires his opponents out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he spent a decent amount of time on the ground. He spent 88% of time on the ground. Yes, that's um, not really an excuse. No, he he only attended seven centre bounces, which was not his go at the moment anyway. But. Exactly. Um, it, it's really hard to come up with a reason why. He just didn't seem to get around the pill. Um, yeah, I think the... Um, Lions just went through the middle of the ground when they mm. had it, basically, um, and they used Neil. Yeah. So there wasn't really much ball for anyone else. Yeah, it was, it was an odd game because Fremantle were... They were tr- they were in the competition. They were definitely mm. in the game, and they tried their heart out, but they were outclassed in general play by the Brisbane Lions, I would suggest. Yeah. I'd say against a, a much more battle-hardened team or a, a more veteran team that Brisbane would be forced to move the ball around a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't cut... Quite so quickly through the middle of the ground, which means that McCluggage might come into play on those switch, uh, those switches of play. So true. There, there's a chance that it just might be the competition that helped him, <clears throat> true, uh, true. or that hindered him, I should say. Um, let's go over to Fremantle. Um, Mickey Walters, Nat Fife, obviously just Amazing. gun players, Amazing. gun players. Um, Michael Walters is looking like being in that top six given the forwards we have this year so yeah agreed um, what's he priced at at the moment Michael Walters very good question um, question without notice you keep talking and I will find out yeah depending on what his price is at the moment um, it, it might not be the worst idea to look to get him in at some stage soon because I think he was a bit overpriced pre-season yeah, from memory realistically with the, the forwards that we have this year if we all know sort of that top six or seven players that are going to be around the mark if you can get them in at their lowest possible price point as soon as you can mm. and just tidy up that line. So he was 716k, mm. um, went up 20 so, grand last round for an overall increase of 22. Yeah, so he's, so he's not cheap. No, nah, he's, he's one of the higher priced forwards at the moment. So look, it, it's tough to say. If you've got the cash and you want to go, it's not a bad option. Um, he always gets a bit of a run through the middle. And when he's mm. up forward, he still has... Still kicking goals. Exactly. He's still doing very well. He's the number one avenue to goal, pretty much. <laughs> pretty for much the only avenue. Well, I mean, Tabana wasn't too bad this week. True, he, true. He looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, realistically... Although, didn't he miss a two goals from like point-blank range? Hey, man, I, did, I didn't say, say he looked great. I said he looked pretty good. He, he was, did Tabana things. Um, so, so, some of the defenders as well did pretty well out of this game. In, uh, in Ryan, who we know what he can do, but Aish was very interesting. So... Did you trade Aish out I this did. week? Ah, see, I was forced to hold on to Aish. I wasn't happy about it, but I thought I'll give him one more week. And it... I, I, I moved Aish on, and then through DPP Magic, brought Wingard in. Oh, look, Wingard was okay, seventy, and you know he's going to be a top. Forward. Yeah, but it and still he was underpriced. Cost me points. Mm. It cost you, uh, cost you money, and um, probably money as well because Aish will go up. Aish, yeah, he's reset his break even now, and hopefully this sort of cements his. Uh, you know that that position of someone that other players on the field will look to to distribute the ball. He looked pretty good when he had it. They exactly, and they look to get it into his hands quite often. Blake Akers isn't coming back anytime soon, and God knows what ha- what's happening with Connor Blakely at the moment. Yeah, um, just not in the plans. Just, just, he's nowhere at the moment. So Aish could be very good over the next few weeks. Agreed. Um, uh, Andrew Brayshaw turned it around as well, which was really good to see. It was a better performance. 72, 
Um, he looked quite good and heavily involved early and then mm. drifted out of the game a bit from what I saw. So I want to see more, though. I still want him to be a prime mover, and he's not. I'm really confused about... Uh, I get that um, the, the, uh, these three that I'm going to talk about just now are younger players, but they are clearly three of the better players in Fremantle's midfield, and you would surely want to get them extra time on the ground. But... In uh, Adam Chera, Adam Bra- Andrew Brayshaw, and Darcy Tucker, each of them spent less than seventy-five percent time on ground. Mm. Yeah, it's strange. That just that, that seems like an odd coaching choice to me, to be honest. I mean, realistically, give them time. It's shorter quarters. They're three of your better young players, and when they were on the ground, they were doing incredibly well. Why are you taking them off? I'm. Yeah, it, it's just absolutely bewildering. Yeah, it, it would be worrying to think that after three and four years in the system they don't have the tank to do more exactly no surely they should be playing you upwards of 80 to 85 percent if if not yeah. in these shortened quarters they could realistically be playing close to 90 percent like the danger fields mitchells and you know those sorts of players of the world yeah and giving walters and fife a bit of a chop out so it, it is bewildering yeah I, it's a very odd coaching choice from from longmire but uh longmuir i should longmuir. say um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to do that so many times this yeah, year. So. Um, and, um, and the other one quickly to touch on before we move on as well from Fremantle is Brett Bewley. Uh, after a lot of people brought him in this week, played him on the field, 52 is going to keep his score going up, so coaches can be at least happy about that. <clears throat> but that's a pretty disappointing score from someone that people thought could be aiming towards the 70s sort yeah. of with his wing role. Good, not great. Yeah. Um, Hayden Young, the late inclusion was one of the hyped rookies pre-season. Yeah. Um, you interested in bringing him in? 267,000, yeah. went up 9k. If he plays again this week, yeah, probably. I, um, I think he probably loses his spot to Wilson, to be yeah, honest. It's, it's really unfortunate, this timing. I, like, this isn't what we wanted. We wanted him to come in sort of Mid, a, yeah. a month and a half in, like mm. six weeks in, um, and really be able to be someone that we could downgrade one of our defensive rookies like Starsevich down to, to make a bit of cash. Yeah. Um, the, he's gone up a little bit in price after this game, and it, we're not sure whether he'll keep his spot either. So this is really a bad situation. Yeah. So, so straight up question: If he keeps his spot, are you bringing him in this week? No, because there's other players that I'm more interested in. Agreed. And I don't think I've got someone ready to cull in my backline for he's him. He's just too expensive with that tiny cash raise after yeah. his already expensive base yeah. price. So if you've got a Brody Smith. Would you downgrade Brody Smith to him? Don't mind it. If he holds and his spot. Particularly if you also own Starsevich, then you've got the option of swinging Starsevich yep. onto the field as well. Don't, don't because mind Because I'm not sure I would want Young on the field at this point. No, no. but if Starsevich was on your bench and you've still got Brody Smith, that's a great option to downgrade him. Yep. Anyone um, else you'd consider culling? Uh, well, there's a lot. Of, question without notice. Mate, there's, there's an awful lot of players that I'll consider calling, and I'll get to some of them later because, oh my God, some of the players in my <laughs> team. Right. Jesus oh, Christ. Actually... How about uh, Brander? How much is he worth? Uh, Jarrett Brander's not worth too much from memory. I think, what's he got? 271. 271. So it's close to a like-for-like. Straight swap. Um, there's a chance Brander might lose his spot, but I know they were really persistent about playing him off of a wing through the preseason, mm. and everyone was quite bad. Like I, I think Simpson, after that game, we'll get to this in a little bit, but he came out and really put it on the senior players. <laughs> So yeah. I don't think he was blaming the younger players as much as a lot of those senior guys for that loss. Yeah. So 
I think if you see a lot of young guys drop, that would surprise me yeah. after this game. I think you'll probably see one or two changes. I don't think Brander would be one of them. So if he holds his spot, I'm still keeping Brander in my team. Mm. Um, okay, let's move on to the next game of the round, which was Carlton and Melbourne. Um, and I don't even know what happened in this game. I mean, Melbourne just <laughs> smashed it, it out of the This game was actually <laughs> hilarious to watch. And they just shanked it. Melbourne was so good in that first <laughs> quarter. And when Melbourne's up and going, I really like watching them. Yeah. But then it was hilarious to watch like the panic growing in their eyes <laughs> as they realised, oh, oh shit, we... we we're about to lose this for the next three quarters and being completely unable to stem the tide. And they pretty much almost did as well. And Colin, again, again, almost pulling off the victory like a fair few games last year and then just couldn't do it in the last minute. Mm. Um, they just left the run too late. So, yeah, I, yeah, again, this, this was an interesting game to read. But from a fantasy point of view, uh, on Melbourne's side of the ledger, some big scores. Uh, Maxi Gorn just dominated. He was awesome huge um, and you know if you can look to get Gorn in as soon as possible if you're one of those people who just started with Grundy mm. or started with neither Grundy or Gorn uh, yeah Gorn's got a really really good run coming yeah, up yeah I think I saw that online somewhere it's his next three are all against guys that give up points yeah exactly so I'll just quickly check here what his next run is so he's looking at I'm doing this by checking Christian Petrarca's run, because <laughs> I don't own Gorn, unfortunately. Um, so he's got Essendon, the Cats, and then Sydney. So that's Bell Chambers, hmm. Reese Stanley, and uh, Cal Sinclair, slash possibly Naismith, if Naismith is back by yeah. then. All three of those guys give up points to Ruckman, and Gorn just eats points. He's, huge. he's going to be absolutely massive. That's going to be a really interesting one to watch. So if you can hmm. get him in this week, get him in. Yeah, um, I like that. All right, so uh, Petrarca is looking like gold this year. Uh, it's we, looking so good. We don't need to talk about him. Pretty much everybody owns Petrarca, and if you don't, you need to get him in your side because not only did he look incredibly underpriced to start the year and he's still got money to make, he looks like he should easily be a top three to four forward this year given the, oh, yeah, the forward structure we have. It. Um, Clay, Clayton Oliver as well was really good in this game, which is good to see mm-hmm. him bounce back from last week. Um yeah, the one I really want to hone in on was Jack Viney. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, what's your feel after that game? Because I, I talked about this last week where Jack Viney, every once in a while, does have the ability to have a really good game. I mean, he smashed it in the first round with 130. Yeah. But he, you know, realistically, over his career, he's mm. averaged in the high 80s, low 90s at best. Yeah, look, I'm glad I, year of I'm, I didn't bring him in last week. I'm glad I didn't. Um, uh, less from a concern about his history, more just I had other things to do, so I can't really pat myself on the back too much. No, I but, would have, I would have probably looked at bringing him in if I didn't have so many other holes to fill. Yeah, um, but look, he was um, pretty heavily looked after by Kerno pretty much the entire day. Couldn't really get near it. Um, I think, he, yeah, he still made money. His break even now is going to have suffered a little bit. I don't have that off the top of my head. But, but it, it, look, his break-even is still very healthy, so he's still got some money to make. It's yeah. just... But what, what we said last week, he was never going to be a top eight midfielder at the end yep. of the year. He was always going to be a stepping stone for a few weeks, and that poor score on the weekends just um, quickened that stepping stone. 100%. Ab- absolutely love it. So um, the next one I just want to bring up is how good did Trent Rivers look, mate? Oh, he looked mate, you very composed. You, you had a really good weekend for some Keeper League debuts, or mm. debutantes, I should say. Um, Trent Rivers, looked he looked so composed. Yeah. 
He looked like he'd been playing for a couple of years, realistically. Did some really good things. Um, Only scored 47, which is healthy enough for a rookie. Well, that's, what, like a 60, really? Yeah, roughly about that. I'm happy with that from a rookie debut game. Um, looked composed. I think I've said that three or four times now. Doesn't matter. But That's he got he the ball. He didn't. Mind. He took off on some runs. He hit targets. Um, he won his own ball a few times. Mm-hmm. Everything that you like to see. Went so, up by 16k. Has a break even of 5k. He's owned by 20% of the comp in salary cap league. So if you don't own him, in, you need to get him into your side. He's yep. still cheap. And realistically, it would be stupid for Goodwin to to drop him back to the, oh, the no. minor leagues. He's, he's holding a spot. He looked so good. I mean, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people say that Goodwin, you know, if he lost that game, if the if Cotton had come back, he would have got sacked, which I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a bit of Twitter rage there. But I, I agree. I think if he drops Trent Rivers, I, I think I'm turning around on that statement because that's just a terrible coaching move. <laughs> Um, nah, he'll hold his spot. He'll be good. Yeah. Holly Bennell as well looked pretty solid. They really eased him in as well. They He spent a lot of time resting. He started mm-hmm. every quarter on the bench. Yeah. Um, if you brought him in, you'd be very happy with a 47, I would suggest, considering his break-even was super low. And he got through the game. Exactly. Most importantly. It was good ho- to see him out there. Hopefully he, he gets a little bit more time on ground next week when he's back out, maybe scores mid to high 50s, and then you see that progression there. That would be really yeah. good. Perfect rookie. Yep. Um, if he stays on the park. Yep, I'm uh, still not touching him. No. Uh, Carlton, um, okay. they didn't have a particularly great game. Sam Doherty does what Sam Doherty does and was just excellent. Um, Cripps pulled it together at the end of the game. He looked like he was going to have an awful one and then ended up taking a few marks in the last quarter and kicking a goal or two. Yeah, having said that, I am very concerned about Cripps. Oh, so am I. Um, I and I am not too happy about it. He... He's 33% of teams own him in salary cap. He's gone 92 and 77. 92 you're happy with. 92 you're very happy with. 77 is just not good enough against Melbourne. 92. I'm going to need to get the bloody calculator out because it's really ticking me off this whole (laughs) 1.25% thing in my head. 77 is... I mean, he's he's mat, he was matched up on Clayton Oliver the entire game, yeah, and he, he's a really good. They're a really good matchup for each other because they play pretty much the same game. Mm-hmm. Oliver cracked the ton. Yeah, and uh, so basically, it's ninety six point two in the old. Um, that that's what a, a seventy seven is. Not good enough. And you would be hoping in a pretty freewheeling game where Kurnow was really spending a lot of time on Viney yeah. that Cripps would have been able to get off the leash just like Oliver did. He didn't, and he needed a few marks and a few shots on goal in order to actually pick that score up to something close to respectable. Yeah. Uh, that's not what an Uber premium does, and I brought him into my side thinking that this year he would become an Uber premium. Same. I'm a little bit worried. I'm looking to move him on. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got Geelong, Essendon, and St. Kilda next. Not the worst run. Yeah, I think but Essendon will be interesting to see if they chuck Snelling or a similar sort of player and just try and lock him down for the entire game. Yeah, I could even see a Langford-style matchup against Essendon where they mm. just put Langford on him as a big body and say, <clears throat> all you have to do this game is just make sure Cripps doesn't get the ball. Um, so that'll be interesting. He does... In the past, Cripps has struggled with a full-on ta- tag. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. Yeah, not happy. <laughs> no, not, not particularly. And there's nothing massive to talk about, really, Ooh. from a Carlton point of view, apart from I just want to bring out Nick Newman quickly. Oh, yeah. Really unfortunate. That looks like a season-ending injury. And yep. really sad because, uh, you know, he's come over from Sydney. Um, he cemented a spot in the back six. He was doing pretty well from a fantasy point of view in round one. And it was someone that I thought 
really wouldn't stand up with the mm. inclusions that they had with Doherty coming back in, SPS spending more time back there. But yeah, it looks like he's going to be missing the year and yeah, unfortunate for, for draft owners out there. Yeah, no, the other guy I wanted to talk about, Mark Pitney. Yes, good call. Keeper Leagues, jump on. I really liked what yeah. I saw. Yeah, he, he, he was really competitive mm-hmm. against one of the best Ruckman in the league. Really and I solid. think I checked earlier today, and he was about fifty percent owned from memory. Yeah, he's uh, so. The, so there are ultimate footy leagues out there with you know him being sit, just sitting there being available. And yep. considering Cruz's injury history, there's a chance that he could squeeze into being the number one ruckman there. Um, if not, you know, sort of. It's it's really tough with Carlton because they can't both play given Carlton's tall forwards and tall backline. Mm. Um, Pitney is a pure ruck; he is not a forward ruck. Yep. Cruiser is a pure ruck. He's not a forward ruck. So if Cruiser is back from injury, he pushes Pitane straight out. I think out Cruiser's side. injury was a pretty major one. Yeah, so, so, so I think he's going to be at least a, a few weeks away. And from a fantasy point of view, man, from a, a salary cap, I should say, so he is 334000 Mark Pitane. Yep. He has a break even of three, and he's owned by 6% of the competition. Are you keen? 300 and how much? 333. So he's basically a straight swap for Naismith at the moment. Jeez. And Naismith... Naismith is a big question if, mark this week. If Naismith doesn't play this week, I am... So it cost me 20000 to do that trade. 100% doing that. Because he just basically changes... It's, it's a name change, but it's the exact same role. He's a cheapish Ruckman who's going to play mm. almost every game that he's fit for and make you coin. So... Yeah I, yeah, I love that trade. I don't mind that one. If you've got like a Jacobs or someone, mm-hmm. I don't mind the downgrade either. Yeah, that that's not... Bank a bit of cash you might be able to use elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. If, if you have Jacobs, I'd probably be trying to scrape some coin together to get him up to a Gorn, Goldie or Grundy because that's, you know, the sort of level of stepping mm-hmm. stone that he's at. But with Naismith, because he's so cheap, and especially if his hamstrings aren't letting him play next week, mm-hmm. I think that Pitane is a great option there. Um, Alright, so uh, was there anyone else from Colton you want to go over? I do not believe so. No, I don't think so. There, there wasn't too much from this game from a fantasy point of view from the Blues. So we'll move on to the showdown, uh, which was definitely didn't live up to its billing. I mean, Port Adelaide just walked away with this game comfortably. Just crushed the, them. The Crows are just fantasy garbage at the minute, to be honest. Uh, with the not even fantasy of, garbage. With, just... Yeah, it's just general garbage. With the exclusion of a couple of outliers... Uh, but we'll go over the port players first. Yeah. So, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, I, we'll I was go, just gonna. I know what you were gonna, gonna do. Gonna go <laughs> a little bit more about how bad Adelaide are. Um, which we know yeah. there'd be some Adelaide fans out there listening to us, and I, I don't want to make them turn off the podcast. Early, well, it's, so. it's nice to be able to talk about someone else being bad for a change, rather than the Suns and cult. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, we'll go to or Paul. your general hatred for North Melbourne. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, we'll get to North Melbourne later, but I kind of turn around a little bit on that. Um, so Port Adelaide top scorer for the game, Zachary Butters. He he! I, I didn't get a chance player. to watch all of this game, but we've known for a while he's very skillful. Yeah. Um, he he's play, he played a bit more through the midfield in this game mm. than he did last year, where he was plonked up in the forward line quite a bit. He still had to get a few goals to get that score up, but he looked so good. One goal. One. He did. He only get one goal. I thought he had two or three. One goal. One. Twenty-one disposals. Seven marks. Eight tackles. If he's unowned in that the league, that is like the perfect. Yeah. 
scorecard. If he's unowned in a keeper league, go out and get him. Yeah. No, so I again draft leagues, not so much. This is probably a flash in the pan for this year. <clears throat> yeah. He won't be scoring, you know, hundreds every second, third, or even fourth game. Uh, but yeah. for keeper leagues, really good. And and not a salary cap contender for me either, Zach. But no, he's too expensive. Um, Tommy Rockliffe, 105 from him. Vintage stuff, really, really good score from the uh from the fantasy pig. Yeah, uh, but in an absolute shellacking. So. Ex- exactly. A lot of these scores are shellacking scores. Stephen Motlop isn't going to do that well every week. The same with Xavier Dersma, who's a very good young player. Good for keeper league owners, mm. but not for drafts. So he kicked three goals, one. Yeah. So go. And for the 92. So there you, there you go. Tom Clury isn't getting 91 every week. So, you know. <laughs> you sure? Positive, 100% positive. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, Connor Rosie, I might have thought, would have done a little bit better than that in this sort of game, but still, 76 is very good. Yeah. It's not really... A, oh, Dan Houston, that's what I wanted to that talk about. That was a about. bit of a letdown, but it wasn't in... <clears throat> so he played through the midfield a little bit, but he did spend some time in defence, It wasn't as much midfield time yeah. as you would have wanted. Yeah, and maybe that's just them going, right... You know, we've got this game, you know, by the balls. We do not need to risk a Dan Houston in the middle. Let's play Zach Butters through there because yeah. we don't rate He's the on cross. my watch list. If he has another poor game next week against Frio, he's on the art. Yep, yep, I like that. If if you can't do well against Fremantle as a midfielder and if he's not playing in the midfield, don't mind the idea of getting rid of Dan Houston yeah, because it's that, more that second point. If he's not playing in the midfield, yeah. that's what I'm really going to be interested in. All seeing. the preseason hype was about him being uh, <coughs> listed as a defender who is playing full time in the midfield, and we haven't seen that in this game. Yep. Um, let's move on to Adelaide because, like I said, in a shellacking like this, you can't take everything into account. Um, Riley O'Brien, uh, Brad Crouch, and Tom Lynch uh, all put together really solid games. Riley O'Brien was really good, actually. Mm. Um, but apart from that, it's just not good looking. Um, Rory Sloan went down with an injury, um, and there's. it looks like for draft owners, he should be okay to play this week, but because it was a bit of a corky, I think. Um, okay. But we'll see what happens there. Watch this space. Uh, do you want to talk about Brody Smith for a little bit? Get him out. Just, yeah, get him out. Get him get out. out. If you gave him one more chance, yeah. this, that was yeah, his I, chance. I, I talked up giving him a chance last week. <laughs> it did not work. He's out. No, Ditch I mean, him. Did, did I uh, turn you around to um, ditching him for Howe last week as well? Yeah, did yeah. You? Yeah, so I, I think I argued that point hard enough to, to change your mind. And yeah, he, he's just not good. He's not good this year. Um, and, and really, even the, the youngsters that they debuted, um, Ned McHenry was okay, but 37, you know, it's... Still average at best. He is a pressure forward, though, and it was a shellacking. Yeah, no. But the fact he's a pressure forward and there's probably going to be a few more shellackings for them in the next few weeks yeah. um, doesn't bode well for him. He's still got to play West Coast and... Um, who I think will bounce back, but mm-hmm. West Coast, Frio, and Brisbane yeah. in the Queensland hub. Jeez. Yeah, it's not there's gonna not going to be a lot of ball in that forward line for him. No. Um, they're, you know... Ten of their players scored less than 40 points, the Crows. That is garbage. I'm pretty sure Fisher Mackesy lost money this week. No, I think he gained $1,000. I think He lost money the week before. He didn't. Did he? I can't, I'm I, pretty I, sure I double, checked double check, and he was down at some point. <laughs> He's, all I know is Fisher Mackesy, hopefully he keeps his spot because he was actually surprisingly one of the okay players. Like, there was a lot of defenders for, for Adelaide who were just horrible and off their game. 
Um, right. <laughs> While you're checking that, I think I'm going to move on to the next game. So I no, can... you're right. He gained one grand. There then you he go. lost eight grand week one. <laughs> that was it. All right. So hopefully he bounces back. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I want to get through this game as quickly as possible because it just physically hurts me and it hurts me on Saturday I think there's a lot to talk about here. Like it, it was the coming out of some really good Gold Ghost players. I think we should give them the uh, the time they deserve. Oh, God damn it. Um, all right. So West Coast didn't look like they gave a shit against Gold Coast. Actually, actually no. I'll, I'll correct that. Gold Coast were incredibly good yeah, on Saturday Don't night. take away from Gold they Coast. They were Fantastic! They brought the pressure. They brought some skills. All the young players stood up. They were fantastic. In the wet, not wet, but in the dewy conditions, I only saw the first quarter or so of this one, but in the dewy conditions, their one-touch plays were amazing. Like, that, that first quarter, the ball was bobbling around. West Coast couldn't pick it up. Gold Coast could. Mm. They, yeah, it was really, really telling and really good to see. And I think you'll remember me pointing that out last week, that... West Coast in particular, uh, we saw it in the game against Richmond last year where they were dominating for two and a half quarters. As soon as it started to lightly sprinkle and there was a little bit of rain, a bit of wetness there, Richmond just came back like a a wet sail. Um, West Coast cannot play their game style to the utmost in dewy conditions. And at night time, especially on the Gold Coast or Queensland, Mm, it's always dewy. Three of their next four games... I should say, after this one, two of their next three games are nighttime games. One against Brisbane, one against Richmond. West Coast are losing both of those for me, and they're out of the premiership race. Um, well, uh, you can't lose three of the first five games in a shortened season and be a top four contending team, I wouldn't have thought. Mm. And True. West Coast really rely on that top four position to get those home games for finals and those repeat games for finals as well. True. Um, so I think this game was basically the early season equivalent of the loss to Hawthorne late last year for the Eagles. Absolutely shocking, but also something to keep an eye on from a fantasy point of view because they play a high-possession, highly-skilled game style and you can't do that in the wet. You need to have a plan B and they don't. Yeah. Interestingly, though... Four of the top five fantasy scorers for the game were Eagles. They were, but they were all those in and under sort of nuggety midfielders. Yes, um, so and, and I think that is important to note. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys who I think will still score well because their midfield is too good to get completely run over yeah. from a fantasy perspective. Mm-hmm. Like they, they got run over ultimately in this game from a footy perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, they were still touching the ball. They yeah. just weren't doing anything useful with it. So you can still rely on the Elliot Yo's of the world, who's always going to yeah. tackle like an absolute 13 beast. tackles. And Andrew Gaff is still going to so, get out there and get some marks. I think the conditions will actually suit Yo and Shuey because yes. of their tackling and grunt. Mm-hmm. Yo will suffer marks-wise, which is his other go-to. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it will actually suit those two guys. Yeah. Um, but they're sort of second-tier draft-type guys, yep. like your Darlings, your Kennedys, your Crips. Yeah. Um, your Shannon Hearns, Hearn. those sorts of guys, from a draft point of view, are going to suffer. Um, Shepard. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. those draft guys who are really going to struggle in the Queensland hub, I would have thought. Um, we'll move on to Gold Coast, because I don't want to talk about West Coast for too long. I want to highlight the Gold Coast players. Outstanding. Matty Rowell. 
Wouldn't you hate it if you missed out on Rao with pick one in a keeper league? Surely if you have pick one in a keeper league, you're taking Rao without any second thoughts. I mean, surely you would do that. And that's just a nod to our keeper league, who (laughs) the the guy who had pick one decided to take Hayden Young instead. No, no. He didn't take Young, he took Tom Green. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yes, he took Tom Green. Um, Which, which, all things considered, I think Tom Green's going to be a great player. But not for a while at GWS because they've got no spots. But Rao is... Oh, gun. Absolute gun. So he's not going to be doing this every week. Don't get your hopes up for that. But he's going to be making so much money. He's got like a negative 36 break even. He's going places. Amazing. Um, Lockie Weller was probably like... Matty Rao, I would have said, was best on ground for the night. But Lockie Weller was right there with him. He was Mm. excellent at extracting the ball. Fantasy score of 86. Very, very good. Um, I don't know how Sam Day got to 85. That just blows my mind. Um, <laughs> the, the other one I really want to pick out is Noah Anderson. He was really good as well. He's got an incredibly low break even. I think we've all missed the boat on him, people that didn't start with him. given how Yeah, he was expensive to begin with. He was. He was the draft pick number two, which always means he's going to be expensive. We've missed out on two rounds of price rises for him. Um, I'm not 100% sure what he's priced at at the moment, but I would say it would be mid-300s at the least, which means that he's he's a little bit too expensive. He's, he's gone just beyond that rookie price, I he would suggest. He is 300 exactly. Oh, he's 300 exactly? Gone up 32k all up. If you... This is probably the last week to get him. Yeah, exactly. This, if, if he's 300, this is the last week you can get him, and he's going to be playing every game he's fit for, for Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, I really like the idea of bringing in Noah Anderson if you can. Um, Who's he playing? Adelaide, Frio, Geelong. Adelaide will give him another decent score. Yeah, Frio probably will as well. Yeah, so uh, that'll be really interesting. Uh, Fiorini has been pretty solid to start the year, but nothing to write home about. He's really interesting to see what role he's playing at the moment because um, he seems to be playing off halfback a little bit, off the wing That's a little bit. right. He played halfback in the preseason, didn't he? Yeah. I'm, I, they've just got so many midfielders with those youngsters in there now. Mm. Um, he could be the one that's edged out, but that, that leaves open the opportunity for keeper league owners that there's a chance he might gain defensive status at some stage, depending on how often he starts back there. Because yeah, it's always good to have an elite ball distributor of halfback like Fiorini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Um, um, I liked what I saw of Bowers in the, that first quarter I saw as well. So did I. So did I. Looked very um, solid. Who else is there? Buderick was one another mm. rookie who did really well and looks... He looked very mm. composed in the wet. Looks like he's locked up his spot for at least the next month. So that's a yeah. really good sign for salary cap owners. Yep. And probably not a whole lot more to talk about, really. No. I think we'll move on to the next game, which is the first of the Sunday games. Uh, we've got GWS versus North Melbourne. This was another one that just jumped out of the bag because North Melbourne ran away with this oh, game. North looked really good this they, game. They really, really did. Um, and they did not look like a, uh, a sack of cats on fire when it comes to the fantasy side of things either because... It, uh, do the, they usually? Yes, they do. Um, the, <laughs> you, you, I'm trying to picture what that actually would look like. <laughs> I'll let you continue to do that while I run through some of the scores. Um, so, Tony Goldstein is one I really, really want to go over. And stop trying to picture it because you're putting me off staring off his face. Um so, Toddy Goldstein. Because the middle distance just past your shoulder is the perfect spot to, um, <laughs> to picture things. Um, Toddy Goldstein is 120, had a 127 in this game. Mm. 
he spent. Now let me bring this up. It was one hundred percent of time yeah, on ground. Exactly. He was. He pretty much never left the ground. Uh, no, he, I, he didn't. He did leave the ground. He attended every single centre bounce. I'm pretty sure. Jesus Christ! Did, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, I just had to look it up here. Twenty four centre bounces, highest for the game. One hundred percent time. One hundred percent. That's crazy. But then again, Grundy and Gorn also both spent time, very, very mm. high time on grounds. Um, now, a lot of people are asking, should we bring in Toddy Goldstein this week? We've got a few questions later, which again go over Todd Goldstein, so we'll get to that in a little bit. How do you feel about that? Um, depends how much he's worth, I guess. He's worth a decent amount. I think he's high 600, 690-odd. Um, so what's his price listed out there, Matt? I'm not looking at him. I'm just looking at his um, next run. <laughs> so I'm looking at some other North player to see what their run is. <laughs> so next week he's got Sydney. Yeah. Then he's got Hawthorne. And then he has the Doggies. Oh, so the Tim English bump, eh? Mm. So and what were the first two? Sydney. Oh, okay, yeah. He'll score well against Callum Hawthorne. Sigler. And, yeah, they don't have anyone in the ruck at the moment. But yeah, that's Segler. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't rate Segler. Um, I know a lot of people have been rating Segler lately, especially in the preseason. Do not rate him at all. Um, so, from a, mostly from a fantasy point of view. He looks like a very a solid, old-school-style ruckman um, who, who's a very, very decent first ruck for, you know, in uh, footy terms. But from a fantasy point of view, not for me. Right. Tony Goldstein, 696000 Oh, that is really interestingly priced break even of 25 as well so he's very very cheap at the moment so he is over $100,000 cheaper than Maxi Gorn I'm in the position which I I imagine a lot of people out there would be in the position of of I own Brody Grundy I started the season with him but my second two rucks are Jacobs who has not performed particularly well and is yeah. starting to plateau with his his cash he's making. Yep. And Naismith, who God knows what's happening with injuries at the moment. Yeah, that's who I've got in R2 and R3 as well. So I've got the decision to make whether do I spend two of my three trades trying to put together some cash to go all the way up to Gorn and set and forget? Yeah. Or do so I go Toddy Goldstein? You drop Naismith down to whoever it was we were talking Pitney. about before. Pitney. Well, well, that's not a drop down. That costs $20,000. To do that. Touche. Alrighty. Mm. But that's... So that's mm. one move you can do to tighten up your... Uh, so you could... Right, if you... So, or, or you drop him down to Darcy Cameron. That yes. does make you a little bit of cash. Yes, it does. Uh, and then you use that cash and potentially, hopefully, you've got a bit of a war chest mm-hmm. as well um, to go Jacobs up. Yeah, Jacobs up. So with Jacobs, Jacobs costs... Five hundred and thirty-seven. So it's going to cost you one hundred and sixty odd k to get up just to Goldstein, and it's going to cost you well over two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred and sixty, two hundred and seventy odd thousand to get to Maxi Gorn. I mm, think, and you're making probably about a hundred and ten or so from Naismith down to mm, Darcy. I think over the next three rounds that you just bought out, then. That you said that uh, that Todd Goldstein has, given mm. his time on ground and given his opponents, Todd Goldstein is the way to go. Don't look to go all the way up to Gorn <clears throat> or Grundy if you don't have a, one of either of those two. Mm. Get Goldstein in, ride the price rise, yep. and then sideways trade him off prior to a to Grundy Gorn matchup that he'll have. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably a smart move. It does. You, if, I mean, if you're doing exactly what we're suggesting there, eating up two trades, it it's is, probably what I'm going to do this week. Yeah, I, I'm, 
probably going to do that as well. I think that, look, Sam Jacobs, what's his break-even at the moment? His break-even is... Um, 40. So he's still got some money to make, yeah, but he's much, not though. scoring very well. And given the shortened season, yes, we still want to be making money, but we've also really got to look to put points on the board early if you want to rise up in the rankings. You've got to finish your team very yeah. quick. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not that, you know... Upset with bringing in Todd Goldstein rather than straight away looking to get Gaunt, the Gorn and Grundy matchup, which I still oh. think. What curveball? All right, curveball. <clears throat> Jacobs ahead. has got bullies this week. Oh, <laughs> why did you do that to me? Shit. Um, all right, scratch all of that. Yeah, scratch all of that. I'm holding on to Jacobs one more week because he's got bloody Tim English. <laughs> he's yep. gonna smash him. Um, yeah, and, and then you ditch him because the week after that he's got, he's got Grundy, Grundy. Yeah, so who will smash him. Then you can look to go up to either Gorn or Goldstein. Yes, you're going to miss out on one price rise, but Jacob still has the ability to go a fair way up in price when he has a good game against Tim English, which he will. And then you can look to trade him off, and it saves you this week's trade. You can fix up some other problems this week. Yeah. All right. Um, Agreed. All so, cheers. Right. We went on about Goldstein a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many more North players to talk about for there, once. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, let's roll through some of these pretty quick. Trent Dumont. Great draft player. Great draft player. No, don't don't touch him in salary cap. Uh, solid draft player because you would have picked him up for nothing in the draft. I like me some Dumont. I know you. I like I know that you really like Dumont. Um, so Sean Higgins just keeps showing that he gets better with age, yep. but people are going to start putting proper tags on him <clears> in, in games. Hey, no, it, there was a proper tag on him. The I know. Or just... Didn't do shit. DeBoer is not the player who will be good at tagging Higgins. DeBoer should have really been kept on Ben Cunnington, and they should have put like a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a better running player. Maybe like just sacrifice Brett Daniels' game and say, you stick with Sean Higgins, run with him everywhere he goes because he won't be able to get in, out in space that way. DeBoer's not going to be able to follow you out when you go on a, you know, Sean Higgins goes on a breakneck speed run out onto yeah. the wing. De- DeBoer's a good runner, but he's not a fast runner. Exactly. Um, so I think that was a mistake by the GWS coaching staff. Um, but, <clears throat> but yeah, no, Hoy Higgins on. was very good. Pollock on the other wing was fantastic. Jai Simkin looked really Simkin good. Simkin looked good, yep. Do not look at him in fantasy, uh, in salary cap league, because he is so overpriced. But for draft leagues, if you're an owner, you are laughing all the way to the bank at the moment. Agreed. This is his breakout year. Um, one salary cap player uh, who I'm uh, I, I'm really, really high on, Curtis Taylor, the, uh, yeah. the young rookie. I think I talked about trading him last week. Yeah. Well, but he, I'm glad you talked me out of it. Solid with the mid-40 score last week. Um, 69 this week. He's got so much Mark LeCroix about him. It's not yeah, funny. he does. It he is, really does. I was pissed off a couple of years ago when West Coast passed him up at pick 29 and 30, and then he even slid all the way to about pick 51 or something like that uh, because he is going to be a gun player for years to come. And as he develops... His game, I think he will be a very good fantasy player in two to three years for draft leagues. Hmm. Um, so if if he's also unowned in a keeper league, I don't mind the stash option. Go out, oh, yeah. go out, stash him on your bench if you've got that you know extra sure. spot there, and keep him for the next couple of years. <clears throat> watch him develop. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I like Zerha's game. Zerha looks not, really I, solid. I, I hope one day he makes the transition into the midfield and becomes a really solid scorer because I just enjoy watching him yeah. play. I'd love to own him in a keeper league one day. But um, yeah, at this point, he's 
this is probably his ceiling, yeah. considering he kicked three goals to yeah. get to 68. One a North player I'm down on is Jack Zeeble, and he spent a lot of time up forward in this game. Like, a mm. lot of time up forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not big on him uh, as a fantasy player this year. And this mm-hmm. was in a really good game for the, the Ruse, and he couldn't string a score higher than 66. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you are... If you do own Jack Zebel in a draft league, unfortunately, I think you've, you've just got to hold and, and deal with some of these lower scores and just, you know, just really have to cop it on the chin, I think. Yeah, agreed. Um, Shall we move over to the uh, the Giants? Um, There's not much to talk about. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you know I discovered something funny on the weekend? What's that? Completely without in- intending to. I own Jamie McMillan in, like, every single one of my draft leagues <laughs> this year. <laughs> And he's one of the only bad kangaroos. He was so... Just... They just didn't use him. It was nothing. That's what he was. He, he just Every, was, every time yeah. they got the ball, it went to Pittard or Atley. And yeah. I think that's probably going to be his lot for the whole year. Unfortunately, it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I even own him in two keeper leagues somehow. Oh, no. <laughs> like, how what did you, I do what this... Have you done? How did I do this without realising? <laughs> I don't know. It's impressive, though. <clears throat> Um, yeah, we'll go over to GWS. There's not much to talk about here. Uh, Stephen Cornelio was probably the only Brian Chining, you know, star. Um, Played a lot of time forward. He did. He. It was really frustrating because he was on about... He did a classic Cornelio game. 39-odd uh, points in the first quarter. Was dominant, playing purely in the middle. Leon Cameron chucks him up in the second quarter for half the, the quarter up forward. Ball doesn't go down there. Chucks him up for almost the entire third quarter. Ball doesn't go down there. Puts him back in the centre in the fourth quarter. They start to get a few more goals. And then he's back in the forward line. And then he's back in the forward line. But he was <clears> just <throat> enough in the, uh, the the midfield in that fourth quarter to get some points yeah, together. Eke his way up to a decent score. Exactly. So Semi-decent. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it's Well, okay. it's the only good score for, for GWS. All the others were under 67. I mean, um, look, I think we've got some questions on Lockie Whitfield and Josh Kelly a little bit later, so we might just cool. hold off on those guys because I do want to talk about them. Yep. Uh, but I'll do that in relation to some questions. Cool. Caldwell didn't score amazingly, 54. Looked good, though. Really liked what I Looked saw. But he, it, got, he won a lot of the ball early. This is the super annoying thing as someone who owns a fair amount of GWS players in keeper leagues. Um, I, just, I, I don't know where they stand. Jai Caldwell, we know, is a good player. We know Jackson Haightley is a good midfielder. We know Tom Green is a good midfielder. We know that Hopper needs time inside mid because he's just that good as a pure inside mid. Yeah, he did look good as well. And then they've got, you know, on the outside, they've got Whitfield, they've got Cornelio to deal with, they've got Kelly, they've got Ward. There's just too damn many of them. And keeper mm. league owners are really going to be frustrated over the next two to three years because a lot of those guys are super young. Um, I think Jackson Haightley's probably not going to be at GWS for too much longer. I think he'll be as, the next one to move on. As soon as his contract mo- mo- uh, goes up, I reckon straight move to Adelaide. Like that, this is predicting very early, but I think that definitely happens. Um, he goes home or goes somewhere with more opportunities. Yeah, where I can what Sloan's probably only got a couple of years left in him, mm-hmm. and then he retires and Haightley's his replacement. Yeah, probably a sweat, straight up swap. That's a really early call, but I almost guarantee that is going to happen. There's just too much competition for spots in there. Um, and the same could be said for Jai Caldwell. He could be playing somewhere else for most of his career because mm. they, a young contingency of people like Cornelio, 
uh, Whitfield, Tom Green when he starts to come in, uh, Josh Kelly still young. You know, those four guys are core midfield for a fair few years. Yep. And the guy that we're forgetting to talk about is Taranto. Taranto, of course, bloody Taranto as well. He's not going anywhere either. He's quite ingrained there. So, yep. um, yeah, it's very, very interesting to see. A quick one on Isaac Cumming. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's one of the ones that might lose his spot this week. Um, and I think we could see Lockie Ash debut. Uh, next week that would be exciting there's a small chance because Isaac Cumming made a lot of mistakes a lot of Mm. mistakes in this game he looked okay but with the competition for spots in the back line at GWS I reckon that Ash could get a bit of a day they're going to want to give Ash a game Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even though Heath Shaw was not good I can't see him being he brings leadership as well exactly okay let's move on to the next game shall we yep Um, Essendon versus the Swans, um, again, another one of those, you know, Essendon just absolutely jumped out to, uh, with a massive score mm. at the start and then let Sydney back into the game. Um, yeah, Sydney ground their way back in, yeah. as Sydney does. Really, really inter- entertaining game to watch the end of, especially. Mm. Um, can I just say that, as a Darcy Parish owner, <laughs> I hate my life. Where did this it, come from? I, 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 I own him in the Keeper League. Um, he's got forward status. I thought, right, this is going to be an okay game. He's on bloody 11 at three-quarter time or something like that. Or No, it might have been even less. I think it was... No, he was on seven at three-quarter time. He was I on like that you seven. know specific numbers. I know specific numbers because I know that he had a 49-point fourth quarter. 49 points. That's better than most people's games throughout this round. And you know why? Because <laughs> you put him in the midfield, Worsfold, and he's a bloody midfielder. Stop playing him in the forward pocket. I know he kicked the game-winning goal, but please don't do that anymore. Jesus Christ. Um, you, you feel better now? You got that off your chest? A little bit, yeah. I do all feel right. a little bit better, actually. All right. Who are we talking about first? Um, all right. We, we know what some of the guys did. Zach Merritt was really good. Andrew McGrath is an interesting one. He is playing bulk midfield he's time He's taken the, the step to a full-time midfielder, yeah. Now, I want to just quickly bring up his stats in... Uh, um, salary cap leagues because some people have been talking about bringing him in this week as a sort of mid-price stepping stone mm-hmm. uh, and I've never been a fan of Andy McGrath in um, salary cap except for his first year mm-hmm. so he is $603,000 with a break even of 24 yeah, too much who was the 600k guy we were talking about a few games ago um, that, yeah, I'm bringing him in over McGrath, yeah, even I, though I can't I, remember who it I is. I can't even remember who it is, but yeah, I'm doing the same. I'm bringing him in. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Who was the mystery guy? <laughs> I have no idea. You keep going. I'm going to figure out who the mystery right, guy you, was. You figure out who that is. Um, so some of the other players from Essendon's point of view, uh, Kyle Langford was surprisingly good from, uh, um, from a draft owner point of view uh, with an 87. And he played a lot more midfield time and spent a little bit of time in the ruck as well. So it could be a very, very interesting one to look at for, for draft league owners if he is unowned and sitting on the waiver list. Um, a player that sort of disappointed me to start the season a little bit has been Devin Smith with a 70 and a 60 so far. I'm backing him in with another couple of weeks, though, just to see how he goes because he's, I still think he's a good chance to finish in that towards the back end of the top six forwards at the end of the year. Um, you still haven't found who that the mystery guy is, have you? Joel Selwood. Joel Selwood, thank exactly you. the same price. Yeah, I'm probably taking Joel Selwood over uh, over Andy McGrath. Um, okay, so, so who are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about. I'm Essendon. back. We're talking about Essendon. There's not much really to go over because a lot of these guys are draft guys. 
Um, draft owners of David Zaharakis would just be kicking themselves. That was oh, just yep, that's awful. Painful. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Townsend as well. I bought Townsend in this week as as a he was very underpriced. Had a really good first game. Yeah, and had he a kicked very, like five goals. Had a very low break even. Yeah, it's, he he was awful. That's that's a mistake probably. So I just have to ride it until he reaches his break even. Basically, you may already have done that. He had a break even of six. He scored twenty six. So he's making a little bit more money this week. Um, should we go over to the Swans? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so the the usual suspects here: Jakey Lloyd, Luke Parker were two of the top scorers mm. there. Cal Sinclair was pretty good, but that's realistically because Tom Bell Chambers is not a good defensive ruck anymore, unfortunately. Was he ever? <laughs> well, <laughs> you said anymore. I don't think he ever was. Well, he's just uh, he's just getting to that age now. Um, uh, and and Ollie was... Florent. Yeah, Ollie it's Flor- happening. It keeps going, doesn't it's it? It's happening. Yeah, I know. The thing we've spent like five years hyping—it's finally happening. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how to take it. I'm not sure what to do, but I don't want to bring him in salary caps. <laughs> oh no, definitely not. And he's going to be owned in a draft league, so I think he's he going to be owned in keeper leagues as well. Yeah, so it's just unhappy. It's finally yeah, happening. We've, we've been talking about it for that long. We've been talking about it since we started this podcast three or four years ago. <laughs> he was going to come on as a fantasy player, and finally, it looks like he is. Um, Jordan Dawson disappointing he's another one of those guys that yeah he's had two bad weeks yeah he's got to be very close if not on the chopping board yeah yeah he's if I owned him he'd definitely be on there for me Mm -hmm. I do own him and he's I I want to move him on I'm just not sure who to at this stage um, it was good to see Justin McInerney keep his spot after round one as well. And mm. a 40s respectable-ish, or it's, it's half-decent for a rookie, so he still made some cash this week. I think he probably loses his spot, though, to, to whoever's coming up through the uh, the lower ranks. Um, I, I don't know how much longer he can hold on, because he is that probably 22nd or uh, 21st player on the, the list at the moment. Um Heaney, only 48, um, playing predominantly as a forward. Yeah, he, um, nah, Until he, Buddy's back, I don't think he's really going to be nah, fantasy Don't, don't want to go relevant. anywhere near Isaac Heaney at the moment. He's just not not good, nah, unfortunately. Uh, no, no, not good is, is not, <laughs> not the right way to state it. He is not good for your fantasy team. Um, should we move on to the last game of the round? Let's do it. This oh. was a really exciting game, even oh, though it yeah. was incredibly one-sided. Oh, yeah. Bully St. Kilda. This was fantasy. such a free-flowing... But hard, mm. exciting game to watch. It was really good, wasn't it? Um, I really enjoyed this. Okay, I want you to turn over your stats here. So turn over your tablet that you're looking at right now. And I want. Why did I do that? I'll just close it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got a bloody case there. Just close it. Don't actually turn it over. All right. So I want to go through a play with you. So it is um, midfielder. Yep. Six hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Uh, scored has an average score of 102 points over yep. the first two weeks um, and has a break even of 22 an ownership of 1% uh, do I have to guess? no you don't have to guess oh, do, do, wait, those wait, numbers, wait. do those numbers tempt you? do those numbers tempt you? so sorry run through them again $670,000 yep that's pretty good break even 22 Mm-hmm. Has averaged 102 across the first two weeks, mm-hmm. coming off of 108 this week, yep. and uh, and only owned by one percent of the competition. Does that interest you? It does, depending on which team they are. St Kilda. All right, so he's played. Um, who did he play round one? Uh, St Kilda played North Melbourne. 
mm. who were pretty good. And they're, they're coming up against Collingwood, who give up scores. Mm. Richmond, who do also give up some scores because they just don't care. They back in their game. And Carlton, who we know what Carlton do. That does interest me. Is it Zach Jones? It is Zach Jones. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this. He looked so bloody good in this game. He was the prime mover in that midfield. He really was. And you know what? He was in and under at a lot of set of bounces. So Zach Jones attended the second highest behind Jack Steele with 17. Mm. He attended the set one more than Seb Ross... He was in there more than Dan Hanabry. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, actually, because I own Jack Steele in my Keeper League, so yeah. I always watch him quite closely. And he, at a lot of centre bounces, you say they were about the same amount of centre bounces, mm. Jack Steele plays the defensive sweeper at the centre bounce. So a lot of the time, he's guarding a player or a space. Zach Jones, Jones was hunting the ball. He's hunting the ball when he's at the centre bounce. He looked really good. I, I don't think I could back him in with 670k. That's an awkward price. It is really awkward. But, jeez. I mean, for 70... This is the week to get him if you want to take the 70k risk. less and you've got Selwood or... Um, and my memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally the last game. <laughs> Selwood. Uh, McGraw, Selwood's Selwood better. and McGrath. Yeah. Selwood and McGrath. Um, so, yeah, 96 and 108 in the first two rounds is stellar, given the mm. lower scoring at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I'm i really not sure, but I would be very tempted if if I needed a midfielder. And I, I just had a, a really ballsy move come into mind. What's your move? I'm not happy with what I'm getting from Crips. Oh shit! Crips to Jones is the ultimate <laughs> is the ultimate slap of just disrespect to Chris. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I could do that. I couldn't do that. Chris, I've got a backing Crips. But... Come back to me on Friday. I'll Jesus. let you know if I'm doing it. Man, that is ballsy as hell. But yeah, I don't yeah, think I, it would even free up that much cash either. I just wanted to take you through that because those numbers are very interesting. The only reason that I would probably think not to is because he's Zach Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. Jack Billings, Seb Ross, Jack Steele all scored over 100, all incredibly good for St Kilda. They were fantastic. Um, look, there, there's not too much to down talk. Dan Butler, if he's available in a uh, in a draft league on the waiver wire, mm-hmm. really, really good option. Really good option. Yeah, he looked good um, and wasn't limited to being just in the forward line. Yeah. I think he was still playing as a forward, but he did nick up the ground a bit and try and run back to, with the ball. So. 100%. Um, okay, so uh, just quickly... Um, do my... we need to... we got to give some respect to Hunter Clark. We do. Hunter Clark was fantastic. Was really looked... good. Looked composed. Yep. Um, was in and under quite a lot as well in the back line, not just taking those three marks. Uh, yeah. yeah, he, he looked like a yeah. really good. But player. what I really liked is he scored eighty nine. He was genuinely playing in defence. Yep, um, which bodes really well for keeper leagues moving mm. forward. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, Brad Hill was a letdown for me. I own him in a uh, in a mm. keeper league just because I, I held on to him because I thought right. He's he's been solid at times, you know. He's been able to average in the mid to low nineties, which is okay for deeper leagues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's really not put up scores of any value whatsoever across these first two weeks, and it didn't even look like they were looking for him, which I thought they would always be looking for him on the. Pretty way. much the role that um, Jones played is the one that I would have expected um, Hill to play, which to, is to an extent, yeah. Aside from the CBAs, but yeah, when, when they, yeah. the ball was in the open, they looked for Jones much more than they looked for Brad Hill. Or Hill just was running the wrong patterns and not getting to where it needed to be. Yeah. 
Um, we'll go over onto the Bulldogs because there's a little bit to digest here. Mm. Uh, Josh Dunkley really just went against did, what we predicted. It did not go the way we thought it would. No, last he week. he um <clears throat> he dominated. He did incredibly well. Uh, Bailey Smith again. What a player. Um, he could be a straight swap for <clears throat> the likes of... Needs a haircut, but yeah. what a player. Could be a straight swap for Jordan Dawson for you there, mate. Yeah, actually, I don't mind that. Um, is Jordan or Jacob? I always get those two mixed up, the Gold Coast and the Sydney. Um, but yeah, he could be a straight swap. Break-even is really low. Yeah. He's performing much better. He's playing right through the midfield. Yeah, yeah. He's really a key, like key mover. Um, he, and, um, what I do like as well, he started really strongly, finished really strongly. Yeah. The middle was a bit... Didn't really get a lot of it, but the book ended it really nicely. And then just crash from there because the next best score was McRae with 65 and he let a lot of players, coaches down out there. Yep. Um, which is unfortunate because a lot of people would have backed him in as the uh, the captain this week. Yep. Um, I, yeah. Speaking I've... of disappointing Bulldogs, mm-hmm. Bont. Oh, yeah, but both of them were awful. 24 um, touches for 63. Yeah, I know. And he got a lot of those in the last five to ten minutes of the game. He, yeah. I, I stuck with Bont for one more week in fantasy, because in salary cap leagues, because I just wanted to see what he could do. Um, but, yeah, he's got um, uh, GWS this week. He's getting the DeBoer tag, I think. Um, I'm getting rid of the Bont. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. He's my number one trade-out target this week because I, I gave him one more week just to see what he could do against St Kilda. Let me down. He's, he's out. Um, I don't see how he's winning a Brownlow this year either given that he was like one of the top sort of picks to win the Brownlow this year. You can't win a Brownlow like that, mate. Yeah, um, not happening. Yeah, even when he got the ball, he didn't. He wasn't really impactful with it. So. Yeah. Um, Vandermeer? Vandermeer looked okay, to be honest. He, he started really strongly and he did then a few good things. slowed down a lot. But Which you'd expect from a rookie who, you know, uh, yeah. who in a losing game, really. Yes, but I think he holds a spot. I, I saw enough there that I think he holds a spot. I agree, I agree. Um, okay, I think that's all I want to talk about, really, from the Bulldogs' point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's There's been a lot to digest from this first round back. And we've spent quite a bit of time going through all of that. So I want to quickly get into some questions off of Twitter um, and and start going through some of those. So the first question we had in this week was from, if I scroll down, uh, from one of our favorites here with with one of the best names going around, Goonbag Fantasies. Welcome Uh, back, Goonbag. Welcome back to the podcast, mate. All right, so we've got a... He's asking, which is the bigger priority? Upgrading Jacobs to Gorn by downgrading Naismith and Roberton, who are on his bench... Mm-hmm. Um, or trading Brody Smith to Petrarca via DPP, uh, Jacobs to Pitney, and coming uh, slash Robertson to Howe. Number two. Option two. 100%. It, I think it ticks off on more things. If you can somehow bring in Petrarca while getting rid of Brody Smith, plus bringing in Pitney, who looks yep. very good, and it's I don't mind and that's, bringing that's, that in for Jacobs. So he's going to be playing on the field there. Yeah, yeah. So but that, that's okay. I don't hate that. Um, Given that you're bringing in Petrarca and how? Yeah, I think you've got a net upside in points. Love and it. I think... Did he say he's got Naismith as well? Uh, yeah, so he's got Naismith. So you, you playing... deal with Naismith next week, and that might free up some cash to do yeah. something else. Because you never know, Naismith might miss one more week, or potentially even play this. I'm not sure what his hamstring yeah, is like. But 
Um, he could come back in two weeks' time and still play for you off the bench with Pitney on the field. Um, yeah, love trade number two, mate. That's the one to go with. Yep, agree. Um, we've got a few from Matt Mottram, who's a, who's a big listener of the podcast. So we'll go through these quickly. Uh, what do I do with Bont, Whitfield, and McRae? Was thinking of a McRae downgrade for a cash grab and then turn Robertson with some DPP action into a decent forward. Can you recommend two forwards for this for me? And, uh, and also, who do we trade the Bont out to? So, yeah, so there's a few things to talk through here. One of them is um, just the Bulldogs midfield in general. Yes. So this happened last year as well from memory. A lot of their midfielders started the year slowly, came good at the back end of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in a shortened season where every trade counts, do you want to roll the dice and roll with one or two? holding one of them rather than ditching both? Yeah. Or do you want to ditch both? Well, both? And this is a genuine question I'm for you. I'm definitely ditching Bont out of those yep. three, no question. And if I'm looking for some players to... If I've got money, I'm going Bont up to someone like Neil. Um, if mm-hmm. I don't have money... I mean, we talked about some of those lower-priced guys like Joel Selwood if you want a cash grab. Maybe even Zach Jones if you really, really want to risk baller. it for the biscuit. Oh, man, if you, if you <laughs> really want to risk it. Um, we've got... Um, uh, sorry, my uh, my computer has just lost its mind. There we go. We've, you've got players like Andy Gaff as well, who's a good option. Um, very expensive, though, at the moment. Um, and uh, and Tom Rockliffe is underpriced, given what he can do. And if he plays pretty much hmm. the entire quarter on the ground, he can score well. Yep. So, so you do have a lot of good players you can go bond to, depending on if you have cash or if you need cash. Whitfield and McRae are interesting choices because I think Whitfield is still going to be a top one or two forward at the end of the year. And McRae, I also think, is going to be a top one or two midfielder. Yeah. Do you think the reduced game time impacts on them playing the role that they do? I think Whitfield, for me, is the first one I'm trading out out of those two. Because mm. Whitfield, I think you can find a forward out there like a Bailey Smith, um, like yeah. a... Um, uh, maybe a, a Christian Petrarca if you don't have Christian Petrarca, someone like that who you can make some money to by bringing in and is mm-hmm. a better option at the moment than Whitfield. Um, and then you can use that money elsewhere to upgrade someone. Um, yeah. Maybe you can upgrade, uh, you know, Bont to Neil that way. Um, Makes sense. I, I would back in McRae a little bit longer than I would back in Whitfield at the moment given the game structures. Yeah, um, I agree. Because I because what I did notice is McRae attended like one or two centre bounces or something he like that. He played a game. lot on the wing. Um, I think that's a stupid classic Bevo decision. Um, that's a classic Luke Beveridge decision, trying to shake things up um, and then failing miserably. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, I think, think McRae will be back in the centre bounces. I bounces. think McRae will be back in the... I, I agree, yeah. Um, so I'm probably getting rid of them in the order you are. What was the other part of the question? We need so, so two basically, forwards. We need two forwards. I would be targeting. I really Bailey like Bailey Smith. Smith. Bailey Smith is probably my number one forward trade target at the moment. Yep. Um, of the other guys to have a look at, I you know if you've got some extra cash, I like Mickey Walters. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's a really good option. Uh, I mean Petrarca, if you don't own him. Like I said, mm-hmm. there's not really much. Uh, Wingard is still underpriced at 624k and has a lot to offer. So those True. sorts of guys are the ones I would be targeting. Yeah, but yeah, Bailey Smith is the number one guy for me as well. One hundred percent, no question. He's five hundred and seventy-seven k. This is the week to bring him in. Um, I'm doing everything I can to bring in Bailey Smith. Same. Um, okay, so we'll move on to Roy O'Bannon, who asks Goldstein or Gorn. Looking at either as set and forget. Sixty k left with Goldstein and two hundred k with Gorn. 
which would you go? I think you might have got the cash, those mm. prices mixed up a bit because Goldstein's cheaper than Gorn. So yep. I'll take it that you've got 200k left with Goldstein and 60k left with Gorn. Um, I think I'd be. Uh, I, I think, think we, we talked about earlier, this a little bit already. Yeah, I'd be going Goldstein. Yeah. Yep. Use him as a stepping stone yep. to get to Gorn. If you want to do it this week, Goldstein is the one to go uh, because Goldstein has a very good run for the next three. Weeks. I mean, they both have a good run, but I think if they can middle out their scores for the next three weeks, so if they can get yep. pretty similar scores, you want to be making cash instead. Yeah. And I think this year in particular, with the shortened season, I feel like we're going to be harping on this for a lot for the next few yep. weeks, but. The quicker you can get your rookies off the field, the better. Yeah. Because you don't have time. You don't have the luxury of taking that little bit longer for them to be sitting there. Agree. I uh, got a question from uh, Craig at Subdub who says, should I trade coming to Darcy Byrne-Jones or Pal Pepper to Ebert slash Parfit? Can you run me through uh, those again? So, coming to Darcy Byrne-Jones or Pal Pepper to either Ebert or Parfit? Wow, interesting trades. Those those are some real DPP options you got going on there, mate. Um, mm. uh, coming to Darcy Byrne Jones. The hell has Darcy Byrne Jones scored? Uh, Darcy Byrne Jones has been good. Um, he's so he's uh, averaged what's that eighty five points for the first two weeks, which is very very good for a defender. That's higher than Jakey Lloyd. He's got uh, Frio next. Yeah, mate, you're really targeting some DP or some points of difference there. Of those options, I would prefer... Jesus, none of them for consistency, realistically. (laughs) But if you're really looking for a POD out of those three, Darcy Byrne-Jones is a hair ahead of Ebert and Parfit for me. I'm concerned with Ebert playing a key forward role. Yeah, Um, in, in games where Port aren't going to dominate every single game. Yeah, well, having said that, they've got... Frio and Gold Coast still to go in the mm. next few. Yeah. Um, but they also have Eagles and Brisbane who, yeah. who won't be as easy. Yeah. So I, I'm still leaning towards Darcy Byrne Jones just and then Ebert and then Parfit. Particularly if Cumming loses his spot this week, like you're yeah. predicting. Yeah, absolutely. Um hope that helps, mate. We'll move on to Paul Lewis who asks Josh Kelly is hanging by a thread. Better value out there, or should I hold strong? So, what was that one again? Josh Kelly. Does he uh, does he ditch him, or does he hold strong with him? Um, I am really torn by this because Josh Kelly has been incredibly average. He hasn't just been, you know, okay. He he's averaged seventy points over the first two weeks. Oh, he's lost thirty eight grand as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. He's starting to lose cash. He's got a break even of a hundred and eight. Um, scored 59 last week and scored okay in the first week, I guess. Um, 81 in the first week, which equates to about 100. Mm-hmm. Um, got the bullies, got Collingwood, he's got Hawthorne. Oh, that's a good run. That's a good run. He's priced at 822k. So you've got. He's now a straight the- swap to Neil. Straight swap? He's a straight swap basically to Neil. Oh, jeez. I'm going Neil. If, if you have a luxury trade. Yeah, a real luxury trade. I'm talking here, Paul. Yeah, don't mind it. Yep, I like the fact Neil's playing at home for the next month, and he's got some good games coming up. Probably but, as good. Yeah, but if you if you do need to do some things elsewhere, I think Josh Kelly is a little bit lower because he had a yeah. pretty decent score in the first round, and he's just had a bad score like a lot of Giants. And I think we'll find too. North, I have 
historically for the last few years have not been a team that gives up a lot of points. Mm. So I think we'll see across the year when teams come up against North, their scores will suffer. Yeah. Um, okay, I think, yeah, hopefully that helps you there, Paul. Um, I, like I said, I'm leaning towards holding, realistically, unless mm. you've really got a luxury trade there. Um, all right, so we got a question in from friend of the podcast, Brody. actually. Got a nice mm-hmm. little last-minute question in here. It literally comes in at the 11th yeah. hour. Asking, who would we prioritizing to bring in for salary cap out of Young, Rivers, Bennell, McHenry, Darcy Cameron, Budrick, or Noah Anderson? And Sturt. Okay. So, all right. So I'll scratch Sturt off because I'm pretty sure I saw something that he may be out for a little while. Sturt, I'm not sure how long he's out for, but I wouldn't be bringing him in unless he's named this. So I think he's very role depend, not role dependent. His score is going to very much depend on how Frio play that given week because yeah. he's going to play as a undersized key forward. Yeah. So for me, this week, the players I'm prioritizing would be Rivers is top. Yep. Um, I would go Noah Anderson after that, given that if you want Noah Anderson, this is the last week you can really jump onto him. Agreed. If he can hold his spot, Darcy Cameron. No, mm, oh, actually, no, I'd probably Buderick. go Buderick if you Buderick don't know Buderick. Because yeah. his job security is yeah, good. Yeah, Buderick. Um, and then I'd probably Although go Darcy. Darcy Cameron does have the benefit of his DPP and yeah. the fact he's a ruck. I'm still going Buderick if you don't own him first, and then... Darcy Cameron. Yep. I'll go Bennell after that. Yep. I'll go Young after that. McHenry And then last. I'll go McHenry last. And Sturt is just purely dependent on whether he's playing. If he's playing, I'd probably slot him around about where that Darcy Cameron sort of pickup is. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think Young's job security issues, McHenry um, is ball yeah. getting issues with yeah. that crappy... Team. Exactly. So, but I'm a big fan of Rivers and Noah Anderson. If you've got the cash to go in this week, really like that move. Um, Agreed. Okay, that's all the questions for this week, mate. So we're done. Yep. So what we want to do is we want to get into our favourite game. We're playing it again Ooh, this yeah. year. We haven't been able to do it after round one, so we're going to make up for it this round. It is risk it for the biscuit, where we are picking some of the players that you can look at grabbing off of your waiver wire in draft leagues. The guy that you can bring in for this one matchup. For this one week, maybe who couldn't even carry on a little bit longer, but he's going to score well this week in particular for you. So, I think you won last year. You won overall, uh, awesome. which was good, but realistically, you still haven't done a trophy up from the first two years in a row that I won, <laughs> so you still bloody need to get that together for me, mate. Um, so, uh, do you want first pick, or do you want me to take first pick as loser of last week? What last the hell? Year? You go first. All right. So, we've already talked about him in the podcast. Do you want to run through the rules? Uh, Just for new yeah, listeners? Yeah. All right. For new listeners, the rules of Risk It for the Biscuit are basically, we're looking at players who are less than 50% owned in Ultimate Footy, players that will commonly be available on waiver list to a lot of teams out there. Yeah. Uh, and the other rule is generally we can't have picked them twice in a row. There's a good chance we will ease up on this very quickly this season, but yep. that it, has been the rule in the past. It's always reasonably easy to throw names out there for the, for the first two or three weeks yeah. and then gets progressively harder very, very quickly exactly. after that. So, um, and in fact, I think last year we even relaxed the 50% rule because we couldn't find anyone. <laughs> no, we did. So I want to uh, first up bring in uh, my pick, which we talked about earlier, which is Josh Dacos. Now, 
you might want to throw up a flag here because when I checked earlier this morning, it was 49% ownership for Joss Dacos. Yeah, so good. Go for it. Because um, even if he's owned by 52%, it's close enough for me. Um, so he's what gone if? 70 and 80 in the past two weeks. Really good scores, playing a little bit... Playing everywhere, really. He's playing off halfback. He's playing through the middle a little bit, playing in the on the half-forward flank. Really good for Collingwood's game style. And he's playing the Saints, GWS, and Essendon. Now... Those could Saints could be a tough matchup this week, depending on if they bring the sort of game they bought to the Bullies this week. But GWS have given up some scores and so have Essendon. So could be some really, really good matchups. And this week, I think in particular, I think he'll go well. To be honest, he'll get no attention from the Saints whatsoever. Yep. No, I like it. I like it. Um, I am going with my first to go with Brandon Stasevich. Yeah, yeah, I like 25% that. 25% owned. Um, I like the fact, too, that in Ultimate Footy, he's a dual position back and centre. Yep. He's got West Coast this week. Um, pro- so probably, I don't know, he may not score necessarily as well this week, but over the, I think he's a pickup that you could realistically stream for the next three, four weeks. Absolutely. Because he's going to have a couple of good games in there. He's still got to play Gold Coast. He's still got to play um, Adelaide, and he's got to play Port. Yeah, um, no. at two of those games at least he's probably going to do alright I, I really like that as an option Stasovic looked so good and hopefully like I said that cements his spot on the side for the next month at least as a rookie um, yeah. ok my second pick for you guys out there this week my first was a mid I'm going a forward this one um, and we talked about him a little bit earlier as well Dan Butler for Ooh, St Kilda Butler. 17% went 59 and 82 in his first two weeks which are very very respectable now, uh, the way we score things in Risk It for the Biscuit is for a forward, if they score over 75, then we get uh, a point. If they score over 90, we get two points. Um, I oh, think 75, 85. Uh, it might be 75, 85. We'll go back and check the rules. <laughs> and I think realistically, considering you're, we're streaming these guys, we should probably drop it down to like 70 and 80. Real, oh, realistically. we're gonna Because be... if you're streaming someone... You're not going to be disappointed you got a 70. And we're also scaling it back a little bit. So those are pre-COVID numbers. So those will be scaled back by 1.25% to be, you know, more in line with... Yeah, be more in line with the shortened quarters. So uh, Dan Butler, I think, can go very well this week against Collingwood because they don't match up. They just do not care. They back in their own run-and-gun style of play. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those players that could get out if St Kilda have another good game like they did this week. I think they'll go pretty well against the Pies, so I reckon that Dan Butler at 17% ownership as a forward is a good option. Yep, I like it. I like it very much. Um, so far, everyone, the guys you've named are on my shortlist anyway. Oh, nice, so nice. I have one final guy on my shortlist. All right. Zach Butters. Zachy Butters, all right. 37% all right. owned, um, and I'm sticking with pretty much the same sort of philosophy up on that hub playing Frio this week. Mm-hmm. He's got another couple of good games coming up, so you can probably stream him for the next few weeks. I like it. I, th- I think, yeah, so playing Frio this week, and he's got Gold Coast as well over the next three. So this week in particular, I think he'll be solid. Um, and that, that's all you want, really, from a forward defender sort of guy you're streaming off the waiver list. If you can get a 65 to 75 out of him, yeah. you would be super happy because that's a really stable score in the lower, uh, uh, lower quarter times that we have this year. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, so that's a, those are our choices for Risk It for the Biscuit. We will be keeping a tally of the points that we each get throughout the year. 
and we'll be seeing who wins this year because if I win again and I don't have a trophy, I swear I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> oh, I do have to get around to something. <laughs> it's got to be under joke now. I actually do have to sort something. All right, and that's our podcast for this week. Thank you so much for joining us out there. We really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, we are at Extended Bench AU on Twitter. You can flick us through a question anytime. We're always happy to answer. But until next week, enjoy your fantasy footy over the weekend. We'll see you then. Catch you.